What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. Every episode. You know, Ben, it occurs to me that possibly in the near future here, almost by default, I might get to host a few episodes of the pop here. Hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on. Do tell, mm-hmm. do tell. Well, well. Ex- it, explain yourself. It, it seems to me that you are on the precipice of becoming a father. And that in that scenario, we might have some like guest other people on the show. And if that's the case, it just seems fitting that I would be the host if you weren't here. Well, well, well does it not? I, I think it would be required mm-hmm. to be like, I think, I think I, I could, I can allow it as long as like the clarification is I'm the stand in host this week because the host is away oh. <laughs> because there is no, there is no determination as of yet that I won't be here, but I would like to have a contingency plan in place. Right. Just in case. Just in case. Just just in case. Right. Just in case. Which I I have to tell you though because I, I like as we are getting so close. So as of recording you right are. now, we're yeah. yeah we're halfway through thirty six weeks pregnancy and <sighs> it's been it's been really interesting because I have been spending basically every available weekend for probably like the last five weekends at least yeah um doing just about nothing other than prepping the house in some capacity for her arrival home. Yeah. So like literally like I thought this was really funny, but on Sunday I woke up, went downstairs, vacuumed the entire downstairs and then used like our Swiffer, like, you know, wet jet mop thing that like, you know, can clean the hardwood floors and all that. (sighs) Did the whole thing, you know, whatever. And then like not two hours later, Alice, not knowing that I had already done it, did the exact same thing. Oh like, man. She like literally went and vacuumed. She was like, where's the wet jet? I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and just like hit the floors too while I'm at it. And I'm like, already did it. Yeah. So she just did it again. She, but like what? That, that she is did the, it again. Yeah. That that's the stage that we're at in prep. It's that like, mm-hmm. I feel like we're at this point in time, there's, we are really like splitting hairs on final details that we could be like doing in addition to like just otherwise keeping Alice happy and healthy, right. You know, for the remaining few weeks and everything, uh, she does have a yoga ball, which is like now her favorite seat in the house. She's right. Just been, you know, a little bouncing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, it's odd because everybody kind of refers to this like nesting mentality, which makes a lot of sense to me, but I can't believe how much it's affecting me. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I, I, last night we were, we were sitting at home, we had finished eating dinner and we were just like on our screen and porch. And I'm just like, like we had, we had nothing to do. Like our house is spotless. All of the laundry is done. All of the dishes are put away. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, her clothes have all been like pre-washed and are hanging in her closet. Like according to size, you know, like all, right. of, all of the, like the little bins and boxes have been labeled. And I'm just like sitting there. And I think that, I've been so go, go, go. And it, it, it just doesn't seem possible to me that we're just like, that we're just that at this point in time, you can just rest assured that you're ready. Right. That like, I also can't sit still. Right. Like, so like, I'll, like I'm sitting there, you know, like on the screen and porch and Alice is just sort of scrolling on her phone and I'm like, so what do I need to do? Like, <laughs> should I try to, should I try to like refinance the house real quick? Like, while you know, we got a couple minutes here. Like, right. You know, and like, th- to be honest with you, like those are legitimately the things that I'm like looking at. It's like, I need to find something to do. There needs to be something to do. I sure. think, I think honestly, you've done a very good job prepping your house and getting ready. It sounds like, and 
I think you're at a stage where you sh- like you can just sit down and just enjoy the last few days, possibly weeks of calm. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, and I, I saw that you have written in the notes here that uh, road trips without uh, w- without the kids is like magic. Oh, for sure. And, and so it's, I saw this note and I was like, this is so funny because right now I almost feel like I am struggling with the exact opposite. Cause I'm, I'm fairly certain. I know the underlying message of this particular detail, which is that being able to go on a road trip where you're not managing your three boys is like, it's unreal how much easier it is. It, that is exactly the message. Yes. 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 And so the, the sensation that I feel like I have very much been feeling is that the, this like um it's not really like single life bachelor life the like the kid the kid free life Mm -hmm. if you will it's almost like like this is not going to be my reality going into the future and so i i feel like i keep having to like hold myself back from kid free related plans where like you know again i'll be talking to allison like maybe we should book a trip to alaska soon you know, and it's like, right. Or, or maybe that's going to be real hard for a few years and table that circle back. Right. Eventually. Right. And then it'll be even more fun. Exactly. Exactly. Because, because she'll be there. Exactly. But I'm like, I'm in this like limbo space that is like literally I I've stopped being able to like really think like I don't have a child, but I also still don't yet have a child. You're in a very weird space because certainly you you're right at the moment you don't like she's not here yet but alice i assume is in a stage where you effectively can do none of the things you would typically do as a non-pregnant couple exactly yeah that's the other things yeah so on on top of everything else not only can i not like lay groundwork for weeks months to come under that like kid-free lifestyle but it's also like alice can't do any of the things that we would typically do during the prime of our kid-free lifestyle yeah so it's yeah you're 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 exactly right with that where it's you're kind of like well should we like we could go to a a brewery but probably not yeah it's like not much fun for you i guess you can talk to people Uh, right yeah is that good or like um yeah like or, or even just like the idea of just going for like a nice long walk you know even that it's kind of like she's like i just don't think i'm up for it you know and it's like that makes sense that makes sense you know like yeah you got a lot going on and so i i understand completely (laughs) but i myself am like in this in this space where i'm just like i don't know what to do right and and so i don't know i mean i've been looking at uh sheds for my driveway, you know, where I'm like, well, maybe I can go and like set up a shed so I can move all the garden tools out of the basement and into the shed, you know, that way, like the basement's more, more open and available for some other activity that we've never considered doing down there before. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know what I need that space for, but I needs it. I needs it. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I know. So I don't, I'm just restless. I'm just restless. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I need, I need, I need things to do. I need something to do mm-hmm. uh, that, that feels productive yeah. because, because that's the other problem is that I just don't think my brain I don't think my brain will let me just go like have fun like I don't think that that is like like because like we talked about it last week like Diablo 2 is out yeah like finally it's been remastered I've wanted it for so long it's here you have free time you have nothing to do you're about to not have free time go play the game (laughs) man just enjoy it man you can do it you can do it. Ben. I'm struggling. I have faith in you. I know this is this is like like the 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 brain walls. My brain walls are in the way. Yeah, smash through them. You gotta like you gotta name of the wind. Denna playing the harp through the walls. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's okay. What you got to do. A, that was a good analogy. Yeah. Thank you. And good for good for bingo cards. Good the for world bingo. Over. Well, okay. I started listening to Name of the Wind again this past weekend, so. Oh, okay. So I'm back in. I'm back in. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I'm deep. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I, I've actually been uh, awaiting um, mm. the the baby's arrival to start my next re-listen so that yeah. I could like use it at, at like nights and stuff like that when I'm awake with her. Yeah, that makes um, sense. That's good. Yes. Well, okay. I will say this, though. Last night, I did have to get up to uh, tend to uh, Nick, who was crying. And I was like, okay, well, good news. The great thing about having an audiobook I'm listening to is that I don't mind getting up to go tend to the babies as much because I can just like, pop, in and, pop in an AirPod, head down the hall, and just sort of like sit there for like 15 minutes and rock them to they're like really solid back asleep. And at least I'm listening to something. Right. You right. know, but last night it just so happened that as I got up was as Trappist is telling his story about Tay Lewin and Canis. And I'm like, boy, I wish I was more awake for the story right now. Cause this is, I know there's lots of real deep things I need to be paying attention to the, the most, the most deepliest. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay. All right. Let's and, okay. Focus. Focus. If you're a name of the winder, focus yeah. on that chapter. You get it. Um, but yeah, yeah, no. So it's that that's that's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I think I'll I'll have that. Yep, I'll um, have that. Okay, but so then uh, if if I want to if I want to transition the topic a little bit like like into entering the idea of parenthood, there there is this thought lately that I think has been there. There was a very uh, um, major. Uh, thing that happened here in the world that got like an enormous amount of publicity that sort of like led me down this path. And so I want to be crystal clear that before I give this this example, I'm not defending this person. (laughs) It's okay. I'm curious. It is mostly like, it is mostly just something where I think it is the most ludicrous example that you could possibly think of. That was also publicly criticized at least by some people. Okay. okay. So I'll, I'll lead with that just because I, I want to, I want to tread real careful as we enter this next bit of conversation. But, uh, one of the thoughts that I've had is like, as, as the baby gets here and as she gets older and as I'm able to like help her achieve whatever it is she wants to do in the world, it's brought me back to the sentiment of follow your dreams. Like people, people have said this Oh yeah. my whole life. They've been like, follow your dreams, you know, like, like whatever they are, like you can do it. Like I believe in you. Like, yeah. Like as if they want you to achieve your dreams. Okay. Yeah. And I think the, the underlying sentiment behind achieving your dreams or telling somebody to follow their dreams is that it's, it's like a very positive thing to be able to say, but I'm curious if people actually mean it. I think, yeah, it often comes across to me. It just sounds like an innocuous, like, uh, like piece of advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like, I, I hope that whatever you want to do out there in the world, you can do, but I, I think, and and this is why this particular example stood out to me in such a big way is it's, it is sort of this like billionaires race to space. Are you familiar with how this is sort oh, of a thing that's like happening uh, right now? I'm familiar with, yeah, there's a couple of, yeah, like um, billionaires out there who have their own space companies who are try, yeah, trying to get up there. Yeah, like uh, effectively attempting to maybe lay the groundwork for more like recreational based space travel. Okay. I think. Um, but the, the, the reason that this example stood out to me is cause I, I think that there's in, in reasonably so an, an amount of criticism that comes towards this to the tune of like, 
there are so many other problems in the world that like maybe is this where this much resource should be placed right okay. when, when that resource could then otherwise be assigned to these other things that could then be so much more productive towards helping society as a whole. Okay. Does that make sense? Like it feels like a very, like very individual based desire for the, the sake of getting to say like you were the first blank to go to space or whatever. Right. Because it's a, it's an accolade that we have put in a, a, a certain amount of importance on. But the, the thing that, that struck me about this particular example is and again, because it's so like wildly exponential in nature. Yeah. Um, it's not like, you know, one day I hope to grow up and become an architect and then, you know, you go to school and for architecture and you become an architect like our good friend John did. Yeah. You know, like that's a very like, that was his dream and he did that dream and he's living that dream. Like (laughs) he's an architect. (laughs) He's an architect. We do YouTube for a living. Um, and so obviously like those things are not like there is a need for it. You know, it, it makes sense. Your, your, your goal, your dream was to fulfill a need in society basically. And, but, but what I go back to is this thought of if you were sitting down in front of these people, like in kindergarten and they told you like one day I want to be able to go to space, you know, like people who, people who were born in the sixties. Um, and so therefore shortly thereafter or in kindergarten, like when we landed on the moon, for example, sure, it's like, this could be the type of thing that in your childhood marked an incredibly like substantial human accomplishment. Yeah. And, and as a result, you might be like, I want to go to space someday. Like, like I, whatever, like whatever, like it's, it's literally like as close as we can get to reach for the stars. Yeah. I mean, I can, I mean, I think lots of kids, um, you know, dream when they're little is I want to be an astronaut. Like maybe, you know, you don't, when you're a kid, you don't feel like comprehend the full, um, you know, scope of what it takes to become an astronaut. Yes. But I think that's a, it's a pretty common uh, aspiration of, you know, uh, under 10 year olds. Yes. 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 And, and I think that that's the thing is there's a, there's a, a rather significant amount of, um, like dreaminess about a child's goal, especially if it's go to space. Yeah. Because you as the adult might be able to say like, I'm so glad that you are thinking of a goal that is fun and big like that. Yeah. Like you are, you are, you are being just like ambitious with your goal. You're thinking about something that would be like otherworldly again, Mm -hmm. literally. Um, and, but, but like the interesting thing about it would almost be like, okay, focus on this six year old who is in kindergarten, who has drawn a picture of the moon and a small stick picture figure of themselves, like looking up at it and holding it up to the teacher and being like, I want to go to space someday and being like, Oh my God, that's amazing. And then also fast forwarding to the future where that same individual has basically made it possible to maybe not specifically go to the moon, but to go to space. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's just, it's odd because it's sort of like follow your dreams as long as, as, as they, they don't make it, there (laughs) you know like does that make sense i I think i know what you're saying like it like in in regards to the example of someone building a private rocket to go to space yes (laughs) right yes which which again i i know is is silly is ludicrous right like if if you were a kid and you were like i want to build my own rocket when i grow up and go to space yes right like 
uh, like you, you as the adult might say, that's an adorable dream. I hope you do it. I hope you're able to build yourself a rocket one day. Yes. However, you get to adulthood and you realize that in order, like, like you, you, the adult don't take into account that the only way, like, first of all, you probably just assume it's impossible. Sure. Yeah. Like good for you. That's going to require, but, but uh, that, that's what I mean. That's the it's thing. Like, it's like, it's like, follow your dreams. But, I know you. I know you won't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, well, because like if you were the adult, like as far as you're concerned, the only way anything gets into space is via like NASA or whatever, like the you know national space program of the country you're in is. Yes, there is no such thing as private space travel. Right. You know. Right. Yes. But if you know, I can, you know, so when you get there, though, it's like the only way this is even possible is if you allocate tons and tons and tons and tons of resources towards a thing that uh, is maybe fulfilling like a personal dream of yours, but is that uh, like a, the responsible thing to do? Is that the question? Like, yeah, follow your dreams as long as it doesn't like negatively impact negatively anybody impact. else at yeah. any point in time. It's, yeah. it's very weird because like I can even see like a like a 13 year old like, you know, maybe 10 years ago being like, I, I think it's not impossible that recreational space travel is possible in my lifetime. And I think I would like to be, you know, I'm going to be ambitious enough to make it my goal to create a company that offers that to earth. Like, that's what I want to give the world. Like I can see like the, like, you know, starry eyed dreams of like a, a young teenager thinking that to themselves. Right. Like I think it's possible and I think I can make it happen. Like, who, who knows? You as the adult, I'm sure, would be like, <laughs> okay, all right, whatever. But, you know, if that person really follows that, they're probably going to realize the only way to even come close to do that is with either bucos and bucos of investors or to be hyper, hyper successful in a way that almost no one's ever been in order just to fund such a dream. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and I suppose, like, the, the very flip side of the argument end of it like where where you'd be like supportive of this idea would almost be like how would you feel if like that six-year-old took that drawing of them looking up at the moon as a kid kept it in their pocket and every single day of their entire life was like whatever i do every single thing i do is on this mission right like i am i am i am trying to do one thing and that one thing is to go to space and the other end of this too is that like if it is your dream and so personally so important to you i suppose there's something to be said for the fact that like just because it's your dream doesn't mean it can't be criticized sure you know like so there there is that i i suppose it's just sort of like um, at what point in time do we, do we look like with misty eyes at the child who's reaching for the stars versus the person who has literally achieved the ability to do it? Right. I think, I, I don't know. I, it's hard to know whether or not the people doing it today dreamed of this as children and set out as their whole life's goal to do it, or whether or not they just have more money than anyone uh, could ever possibly need. And they're like, what could, what could I do? And, and, and that, I think that's probably what is happening and what people are actually criticizing. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that, that's a that's a very way very fair way to put it. But the reason the reason I brought all that up anyway though is because um I you and I were just having a conversation the other day about sort of the unusual impact that some childhood experiences that we had have had on like the way that we feel the nostalgia here as adults. Like you and I were discussing both Pokemon cards and again Diablo 2 through this like lens of would it be so cool that now as adults, we have the ability to just buy Pokemon cards in the capacity that we are like, would I even want them 
if it hadn't been for that childhood, like misty eyed feeling of like going to bed at night, you know, having bought a single pack of Pokemon cards or your parents having bought you one and being like, maybe someday I'll be able to buy as many as I want. You know, like there, there was, I think that affected me like a lot. There was always, it seemed like, like whatever it was that I really liked as a kid. And, you know, I, like I always wanted to be able to just consume it as much as I possibly wanted to. Uh And it always seemed like, and I, you know, through no fault of like anyone's other than of no one's right it just just wasn't possible based on like you know schedules or money or you know we had three you know mom had three kids or whatever the case may be but it wasn't like you know like when you were a kid if like when we liked pokemon cards like it was probably something i was thinking about all the time and the amount that i think maybe you know we ever but, but it didn't feel like we got them very often you know like to say we got like averaged getting like even a pack a week would feel like generous more, yeah. yes yeah yeah like more than we actually did and and i think you and i were talking about this the the very first time that as adults we were like okay let's do like a like a pokemon card unboxing on the on the gaming channel this will be fun like we can buy like we can just buy like a whole bunch of them so we bought like two booster boxes which yeah. is uh there are 36 packs in each one so it was was 72 packs those those 72 packs that we bought that one day was probably more than me you and tyler had collectively as kids total ever right and and this would have like represented like you know a significant portion of our childhood like fascinations yeah like this this was like something that like like we can absolutely go back to the era in our childhood where it was like we were really into Pokemon cards during this period of time. Yeah. Like, you know, that, that was a thing. So the, the thought being now is that like, is the only way that you are able to achieve so much like enjoyment as an adult being able to do this is because in some small way you are fulfilling what was a childhood dream. Like what was the, I, yeah, I do think there is a certain amount of that like happening yeah. at play. Cause it wasn't like, you know, like as a kid, like, yeah, I, I do wonder like if, if, you know, for my birthday one year, mom had gotten me, you know, two booster boxes or something, would that have been enough to, like, fill that cup for my childhood on this thing and just be like, I got it. That was that I, I am. As I, I have all the cards. I was as fulfilled as I could have ever been in this and I will continue to enjoy it. But I, I can, like, put it in. My, I, will, I will be able to, like, put it in my past successfully someday. Yeah. yeah Whereas, yeah. like, as an adult, it was like, I basically like that. That's the seeds were there. The seeds were planted to to want these things. And I never ended up like getting them in like, a, you know, the way that like my young heart desired. Exactly. <laughs> Which yeah, was perhaps yeah. unreasonable. But now as an adult, it's like that seed never stopped growing. Exactly. <laughs> and it's yes. like and now, and now the tree is really, really big. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and so now it's like as an adult, you know, we're able to just dig into it again as like this renewed hobby 20 something years later. Yeah. And and just like and truly enjoy it in a very similar capacity to what we did, you know, as like eight, nine, 10, 11 year old kids. Yeah. Which is, I, I think around the period of time that we would have been consuming this type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think so. Probably the first, the first time around. Although in, on the note of Pokemon cards, literally before we sat down, I saw that Pokemon has announced that they are bringing back like the official, like play Pokemon. Um, like you can go to tournaments and get league points or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you yeah. can like 
officially participate in like a uh, in, in in a way where you can score points week after week and like be invited to like big invitational tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. By Pokemon and stuff. So I'm like, and that's happening in early 2022. I'm fairly excited about it because I feel like, oh man, all all the all the groundwork we've been laying for the past you know year or so collecting all these cards i feel like now maybe we'll actually be able to put it to the test this <laughs> is an, actually like here we go the right. game is the foot the game is the foot like yeah the, the question is is like are you more well equipped to become a professional pokemon trading card game player than you have ever been in your entire life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I think I'm at least more well equipped than anyone could hope to be in terms of like materials on hand. The question is, can I translate my own personal skill into the uh, cards on the table against another person? This is in a consecutive way. This is like straight. I actually think it's kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, like is any part of you, like, could you be willing to say that your goal would be would be to compete on the professional level. Absolutely. That is amazingly yes. cool. Yeah. That is amazingly cool. I absolutely. I mean, absolutely. That would that would be so cool to me to like actually go in and be able to like qualify for something and compete in like an actual big way. Oh my gosh. Right. I will help you. Oh, well thank you. I everything I can do. I'll I'll I mean, this is like this is like um like I can't really be the I I, I don't have the skill to like mm-hmm. quite be at like a coach, mm-hmm. but I can be like the, like the ringside guy with the, with the coin and boxing that like, you know, if you come back and you <laughs> yeah. need like to stop her or something, it's like, I'll, I'll have a water bottle and there a, you go. Here we go. In a, in a rag and stuff and a stool probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can get matching jackets. That sounds good. I'm here for, I'm, I'm on support. Yeah. I'm running support. We need, do we need jerseys? Probably we do probably. need jerseys at some point in time. Probably. Yeah. yeah I yeah. feel like we need to, or, I feel like mm-hmm. the, the number one thing you need, the, the great thing is that Pokemon has like an online client where you can play lots of games against people. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You just get lots of like reps in, but it is very different once you play like in person. Sure. I think there's a lot of like reading the opponent and stuff. It, it does feel like way more emotion could be involved there like, is a lot more pressure and i think people make misplays way more often in person because they're not sitting comfortably at home thinking carefully like oh this is probably maybe that's best thing. I don't know. it's in, very yeah yeah it, it makes so much sense because before we ever did the podcast we we did a very long series on our gaming channel where we would play uh, Rocket League or Mario Kart or Super Smash Brothers where we would like we would go on and we would like answer fan submitted questions while also playing the game and not only did it make the game 10 times harder to play because you were distracted by answering the questions but it made answering the questions 10 times harder because you were also focusing on playing the game yes and so as a result I always felt like that was like wearing ankle weights for what we do now with the podcast mm-hmm. because it was sort of like once those came off you were sort of like I feel lighter I feel it's like, you mean all I have to do is focus on the conversation. It's like, no, no problem. This is going to be great. We got it. So I, yeah, I felt like it was, it was just like an immense amount of training, but so yeah, same thing, same thing. Okay. This is good. This is, you know, it hadn't occurred to me that you could still become a pro. Oh, it's very possible, right? I think so. And you've got this like strategizing mind and oh man, I'm I'm, like seeing it all come together. (laughs) I have so much faith in you. I can't even tell you. Well, the thing is, it's like I, it's it's been very difficult to gauge what the what what my skill is at all because 
the like the lim- there's a very limited player pool, and I think probably because people are not interested in playing for like non official like sanctioned events right because right. there's no chance to like score points it's just like i'm just gonna go waste my weekend just to just go play car i don't know go play some street ball go play some street ball yeah like give me in a league dude right i think that's what people have been holding out for and if you go online it's also very difficult because like the people who are playing online at any like they they very much almost always know what they're doing to yes. some extent well and that's that's sort of the interesting thing too because and i think you're exactly right when you talk about that idea of like going off the screen and onto like a real world interactive environment because i bet like poker can be a lot like this like tons of people play online poker yeah but then like the ability to go and be the person who's like sitting in the chair and like keeping like a calm cool collected appearance and like sending all the proper signals that you think you're sending to the other people right you know like you're taking some of the statistics out of it you're literally putting the human element back into it yeah and that'll be curious to see how you hold up in that i feel like probably we need to be like you know, sitting on top of a mountain in like a rainstorm type of situation, Mm. you know, like playing cards, like playing cards. Yeah. Yeah, It's like really like bring the elements, bring the, make it really difficult. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So then then when you're you're down there, no big deal, no big deal. It's going to be fine. Okay. Okay. I'll think of my regime. Okay. We'll come up with something. But speaking of this though, so the, the, the next piece of it that I think is kind of interesting is like, I would say, that a huge part of our career as it exists right now is that like we are living inside of like the age of nostalgia, right? Like there, there is a huge market for nostalgia because of the internet in a way that there, like nostalgia has always existed, but the internet has made it so much of a bigger thing for our generation than I think it has been for any other generation. Yes. And so your your concept of sort of like the seed that never got like like properly like the opportunity to grow, but like still like the the pot got bigger and bigger and bigger as time went on. Yeah. Um I, I I'm curious about that because I think that so much of what we love about nostalgia is that sense of like, oh my gosh, like do you do you remember this from childhood? Because I had completely forgotten about it, but now it's back and now I'm getting to like re-enjoy it again. And it's like you're you're enjoying it now because you remember enjoying it then. Yeah. Right. And so one of the things that I'm curious about is that we, we grew up during the period of time that like the home computer became a thing. Like, right. Not every house, like when we were kids, like I remember a period of time when not every household had computers, let alone internet. Oh, absolutely. Same, same. I remember, um, yeah, going to friends' houses and they they had like a like a word processor, you know, yes. that would like they, it was a monitor with a keyboard, but it could do nothing except type documents on a black uh, with green writing on a black screen. Yes, yeah, very yeah. very simple. So my curiosity here is that kids that are growing up now that have like a greater exposure to like way more media. Mm-hmm. Um, like may- maybe even like a good example of this is quite literally what we do. You know, the, the super Carlin brothers channel, like th- there's like the one thought that maybe kids, people of any age or whatever, will will outgrow it for a period of time. And then maybe like, if we're still doing this 10 years from now, they'll be like, wow, these guys, I oh, remember them. The, like, yeah, like there's the possibility of that being nostalgic but I also am curious, like if we never, if we never went away, if we just sort of like persevered or, or even because there's such a sea of available media to consume, will there be that same like 
common ground available for people to then later connect over all of these things again. Oh, 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 like, oh, oh. Like, like, like the amount of things you can be nostalgic about for us is pretty large, but still fairly limited. Exactly. Because like most kids growing up had a ton of shared experiences because the internet didn't exist. So like either you were a Nickelodeon kid or you were a Disney kid. Exactly. And like, yeah, you, you've watched all the content that came on that channel all the time or right uh, yeah or you were really into pokemon or you were really into power rangers or whatever it was popcorn culture is sponsored by shopify y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own shopify store carlin brothers mercantile and it's hard to imagine not having it now but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one in fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn Culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting you know to me it was just like a rare charizard is a rare charizard like it doesn't doesn't matter it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded it can add huge value and then not only that but once they're graded they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab and that's where arena club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack but it's for a pre-graded card now i know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see but you can also request them to be sent to you at any time so they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do but whether you're buying selling trading or displaying arena club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out 
And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Right. But like yeah. the, the available list of things was maybe less total, mm-hmm. which also maybe allowed for a greater amount of like crossover. Like, like maybe you were like a Nickelodeon kid, but also saw like a lot of the classic Disney channel movies or something like yeah. that. Or, or you're familiar with a couple of shows, uh, you know, across platforms or whatever. Um, but on the whole, those, those shared experiences, there were few enough of them that, so many people filled each of the buckets that now as we are older, the buckets are so large that those groups of people can still like refine each other and be like, Oh my gosh, like I loved loving this thing. Yeah. You know? And so I guess the question is, is that in today's world, I mean, there are like millions of YouTube channels. I don't know about millions, but a lot of YouTube channels that have more than a million subscribers. Yeah. And so you're, you're talking about like almost an unlimited amount of available stuff to have been interested in that I'd be curious if it'd be way harder as people got older to find those same common shared experiences with each other again. Yeah. You're yeah. That's a very interesting thought. Like it's such a, like you can be so niche about your interests, like so immediately about things. My, my wonder there and just off the top of my head is whether or not it gets like, like a funnel sort of effect like maybe like would people be nostalgic not necessarily over like the super carlin brothers but just like watching youtube yes you know right right and or in the same capacity that there could be like a, like an entire generation that might fondly remember like vine or yeah like tiktok yeah. or scrolling on instagram right or, like it gets like consolidated like down to like the specific platform itself or like or like even if you have like for argument like a million youtube channels like uh most of them probably are not like completely unique shows based solely on the individual uploading its personality that is its own complete brand of content you know like there's you know gonna be a hundred hyper successful like golf youtube channels or off-roading youtube channels and it's like what the interest then is is off-roading not necessarily like your experience watching this particular channel about golf or something right right that 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 makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense like 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 you might just refer back to oh my gosh i remember when i was in high school and i watched all these golf videos on youtube like no way i watched golf videos on youtube too and it's like yeah that you could be watching completely different people but those both of those people are probably offering in the same genre similar tips oh, ideas yeah. approaches right whatever the case like i be. used to do all these club reviews and every time someone would review a new club i'd be like i have to go get it right now and be like, oh yeah i remember doing that too right very like right, i yeah. had like this whole list of people i watched and they would all be like yes i love this thing at the same time and i'm like now i gotta go get it okay you want to know why are we talking about golf i don't know <laughs> i don't, I don't know why golf is the example when neither of us is into golf um one of the things i've been very curious about too is facebook because facebook is this like mega platform you know it's it's sort of um i no matter what it will go down in social media history but it's it's had like an odd effect where it you know it gained massive massive popularity like 
with college age students because you used to have like a dot e- you used to have to have a dot edu yeah. uh, email address in order to even sign up for Facebook. And then it sort of like expanded out and it seemed like, you know, you had people like recently out of college, people who are in college and then like migrating backwards to people like who were in high school. Right. Um, but then there was sort of like the the like morphing of how people wanted to use social media. So like maybe our, like the, the, the parents generation may have found their way onto Facebook, but they were finding their way there as many people were then wandering off into Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok or, or Vine or, you know, any of the other platforms. So many people left Facebook and I, the, the joke is always that like the, the, our parents generation joined Facebook and therefore the rest of us left Facebook. But right. <laughs> what what I actually think happened is that there is, there's more of like um, an evolution of understanding what is useful about a social media platform. And I, I think that as time has gone on, it, it maybe slowly became the case that the thing that people really wanted was to be able to share pictures so more than anything else, more than all of the other like details, like, the dashboard that Facebook would give you of information about a person. Right. So what I almost think is that parents sort of got the idea and they were like, Oh, this is cool. Like we can connect with these people. It's a fun way to like share photos and all this stuff. Meanwhile, we're all sort of like, well, we don't need all the extra stuff anymore. We don't, we don't want all the accessories. Right. Photo sharing is really like what we're after here. It just, yeah. Like, like initially it was so much a different, like it was a way to communicate with other people. And like today it feels much more like a way to just share yourself. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. yes. It's, it's like less, um, person to person and much more almost like person to crowd the ether. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I've been curious about this is, is I would not be surprised if people, uh, maybe who are listening, who are in like high school age, maybe don't even have a Facebook. Like I think that probably, there was a generation where it ceased to be the case that every single person had one still. Mm, but it's like, it, I, I assume you're right that probably high, in like high schoolers today aren't all about Facebook, but it, it's really just the, and it's just, just to fill in the blank. Like they don't have, all have Facebook, but, but like they do, it's just not Facebook. Sure. Sure, sure. Sure. But so my, my curiosity here is that because like Facebook is this like mega giant company, you know, it's like, it's insanely popular. They've got like millions of daily users, like all that type of stuff. Um, and, and probably most people, you know, have one. Um, but my curiosity would almost be that if there was a generation that stopped accepting it, then there would also probably be an eventual expiration date on the platform. Mm. Now to be fair, Facebook also owns Instagram. So chances are the platform you went to, they still own it. So there's that. But my, what I think would be kind of interesting would be if there was ever a resurgence of people coming back to Facebook. Oh, almost like in the same way that you almost certainly had that, like one kid that you went to high school with, or like the crowd of people that were like eighties rock is the only way to go, you know, like, yeah. And and they, they like, like they liked all the, the classic stuff. And you know, they, they thought all of the current music was like, that's not music. Um, but of course, you know, now we look back at the things that people were saying wasn't music then. And we're like, now these are the classics, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which will be the case, you know, rinse and repeat throughout history yeah, forever. That's and how and music ever. works. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so anything that stood the test of time is a classic basically. Right. But th- I mean, this is exactly what happens to every like student ever between like their childhood and like college, I think 
is that you have all the stuff you really love and then you start to like grow up and become a teenager and suddenly you're like the very last thing you want to be associated with at all is anything that makes you seem like all those little kids over there. Yes. And so you just abandon that hard stop. All that is just dead to you. And then you sort of like go through that entire teenage phase and you grow up and you're like, you know what? It really, uh, you like kind of like mature out of that way of thinking. Right. Just sort of like, you know what? It doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> I enjoyed that thing. I it enjoyed makes me happy that thing. To enjoy that and, thing. Uh, yeah. And then, and then you start being nostalgic about those things. And then that's when like, I feel like this is what everyone's, I think Pokemon, I know we talk about Pokemon a lot in here. The, I saw this happen with tons of people with Pokemon specifically, or like just the Nintendo 64. A lot of people this would happen to sure like it was a thing everyone had as a kid when you became a teenager it was like okay that's kind of maybe like more like the kiddie platform i've got like my xbox no and i play halo bruh but then you get to college and it was like well i had to leave the xbox at home because my uh, my brothers still use it and that's like the family game like system console yeah but no yeah. one played the n64 so i was just like oh i'm gonna bust these games back out and suddenly it's just like way back in vogue and it's I, like yes all of a sudden it's super cool again and then you have new memories about playing those things in college and it just remains cool again because now you're not like afraid of being um i don't know shamed for enjoying n64 because these were decisions you made in as adult exactly yeah exactly hmm. um so that, but I, I suppose like my, my underlying question there would be that like, would there be a period of time where we have all left Facebook for so long that, right. we, that we then go back to it? I, you know, that's a very interesting question and I can see, I can see something like that happening where like, you, you know, yeah, you got onto it early back in college and then you was like, okay, it kind of turned into something you didn't like. All these other platforms were there. You were like, that was cool. But then you get to like, you know, 40, 50 and you're like, man, you know what? This is a great way to connect with people I used to know. And it's very useful and has lots of options. And I used to have so much fun. On I can see that. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like I went back and I liked a bunch of photos <laughs> today. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the thrill. The thrill. <laughs> Doesn't have to be Facebook, just like our placeholder example. I, mean, I think it could be anything from like Twitter or Instagram. What a fill in the blank there. Yes. But I think you're right. Something like that. I think that is very possible. The idea of vintage apps vintage apps or like, like, an, like an app that's been a lo- around for so long <clears throat> there's like novelty to the fact that it's so old and simple oh y- yes yeah you know right like, like will will angry birds ever re-release the original angry birds yeah I'm, you know because yeah. you can't even download angry birds one anymore right right it's just two which is such so lame but how many different ways can you buy the original super mario right like a bazillion right yeah yeah, yeah. it's like how, it's, a, it's it's re-available on everything guarantee you at some point every app out there like within a five-year period will revert to their original icon. app release icon. Yep. Guarantee you that because you know what? Instagram for a while had this little Easter egg. Maybe they still do where you could change it back to like the old uh, non-terrible dead camera on a rainbow background. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That one, the current app thing. Terrible. Hate it. I, I'm, uh, I'm very much yeah. aware of your emotions about the new Instagram. But for a while, you could change it back to the old one. It would look like a, like a, like a little leather camera thing well it's great yeah it was great and i did and i loved it and then recently i think i think that i must have updated past that functionality because now it's back to dead camera <sighs> but whatever it's sadness it is by the way if you haven't thought about the instagram app looking like a camera died on a tie-dye background now you won't be able to unsee it it looks like someone drew a chalk outline of the dead camera 
Oh, of man. the old logo. Like like in You're like welcome. A, like in like a like a like a thriller. Like a crime of, scene like a situation. Yeah, yeah, like where they like draw yeah. like this like the They literally just that's basically what happened as far as I could tell. They took their old, perfectly amazing logo, they killed it, they outlined it in chalk, and we're like, This is the new logo. This is what we're left this with. This is what we're left with. Oh, Enjoy. Dear. Enjoy. Okay. I, I absolutely <coughs> think you're correct. I think eventually the day will come when when all of the apps will just go back to the original mm-hmm. and it will feel so like fun and happy and yeah. cool. You'll be like, whoa, this is so fun. I yeah. changed it. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that that's really just the thing. It's like anything you think you're outgrowing, what's really happening is that it's 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 falling into the valley that exists between initial enjoyment and eventual nostalgia. Mm, yeah, you're right. Things like social media, like the even the concept of social media hasn't been around long enough for it to like fall into that valley. But the, the idea of like vintage social media, that's totally going to be a thing. Totally a thing. Totally going to be a thing. Will MySpace make a return? Absolutely not. That's good forever. <laughs> it's like, and we'll not go that far. Let's not go that man, far. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> MySpace are, is dead. My, yeah. Nostalgia has its limits, people. <laughs> Come on now, all right? Okay. Okay. Good deal. But see, because this is the thing, is that like, who even knows in what ways you'll be at, interacting with social media in the future you know maybe like the idea that you're interacting with it on a phone or like on a screen that sits in front of you will just be incredibly outdated well that's the thing with all like shows and movies and everything it's like if you go back and watch any show even from like the like from 2012 yeah you know it's like the phones were so different then that that even that it's like wow this is old what is a great show for this is gossip girl Oh, really? Yes, it is fantastic to watch that show because the whole show is semi about like all the social media stuff happening where I'm sure you guys know what Gossip Girl is about. But if you don't, the whole point is that it's these hyper rich kids on the Upper East Side in Manhattan and they're all like because they have such high profile parents. There's this website called Gossip Girl that just watches them and will receive tips via like text message from all the other kids. So like it will just spread rumors and it's like this hyper powerful website that you can get blasted on and stuff. Right, right. Yeah. It's like it's like good to be seen positive, but bad right. to be seen negative. But like, but like this it's so funny that a website like that would even need to exist like now. You know, like now there's just Twitter. Like you don't need to send in your hot take to the Gossip Girl website to have it blast someone. You can just personally post it to Twitter and it will be seen by the whole school anyway. Right. Like you don't Gossip Girl, you don't need Gossip Girl anymore. But that's not what I, even what I was talking about. What I'm talking about is that you're seeing these extremely extremely privileged high schoolers who have anything they could possibly want and it's funny to watch those kids have like non-smartphones like yes. have what is consi- what must be considered the best phones yes absolutely yeah. for the time yeah, for the time it, so that would be curious do, do they ever get to the point where they're like holding iPhones I don't think so I think well see this is part of the I think I will say maybe it suffered from that was obviously the um the the perception of the kids in the show was that they would have the best thing uh-huh. and it's like their phones were such a iconic way in which they interacted with the gossip girl website like 
it made cell phone companies really pay for advertising to have their phones be the ones the characters were using. I see. Yeah. I see. Interesting. So it's possible that they're like, oh, yes, of, co- of course. The the richest, coolest kids in New York City are using the the Envy. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the latest from Nokia. The, yeah, the latest from Nokia. Of course that's what they're using. Right. right. Yeah, that okay. would make you want to use it, right? I, I'm sure it did. <laughs> I, oh, I'm sure it was very effective. I, I'm, in fact, I'm positive positive that at one point uh my wife beth and blair waldorf were using the same phone no yeah yeah wow that must have been really cool for you yeah yeah like i don't (laughs) like to brag but but have you seen my wife's phone by the way though if you haven't watched gossip girl you should totally watch it because it's an amazing show and despite the cell phone aging poorly it's still very engaging i the thing i always remember about gossip girl is going back to after i left when i was getting out of high school i uh we you know obviously 18 years old and mom and dad like made a deal with me that like if i didn't go to like the like beach week you know which is where everybody goes yeah oh yeah and stuff they were like um we will take you to the florida keys and you can go snorkeling because i even since I was a little kid, I was really into aquariums. So yeah, the opportunity to get to go, yeah, it's come up. The opportunity to get to, get to go and see some of the fish that I, like I had in my tanks and stuff uh, out in the real world was extremely enticing to me. Yeah, and we did uh, collect like some sea urchins, and um, I think I caught one fish. Uh, a Beau Gregory damsel, wow. as it were. Do you I, still have it? I don't, but I, I burnt my back so badly Same. catching it. I was just like standing in this like little ravine, like moving through, and I eventually got in a net. And I don't think I've ever been so proud of myself ever. It was like, I did it. Like, I caught a small fish that was like, like in a rock crevice. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. So I got it home. It was really cool. Had It was like, a, yeah, anyway, it was really cool. But while we were there, I remember that it was like the first time ever that me and you were like in the room. You had your laptop from college and we were like, we watched Gossip Girl. And that's like what I was doing as like as an 18 year old on my substitute beach week. Yep. We watched Gossip Girl. We did. Good stuff. We did. Good stuff. Very enjoyable show. Which, by the way, if you're watching, if you watch any show at all on the CW right now, it's just Gossip Girl. Oh, really? Like, I guarantee you. Oh, like, yes, yes. I understand yeah. what you mean. N- not, not that every show, like, like if you watch any show like on the Arrowverse, like Arrow or The Flash or Legends, it's all just Gossip Girl. Like, let me tell you what happened is that in 2000 six or 2007 whenever that show came out the cw realized they like caught fire and they were like we have lightning in a bottle here people every show from now on will be this with a different skin and that's still what's happening yes like, like yeah we'll just we'll, we'll we'll take the flash same formula yeah same formula it's all the same it's all gossip girl it's all yeah it's just it's, <laughs> it's just it's just now they're wearing now they have a bow and arrow but i it's the same thing yeah yeah so if you want to watch the og yeah, yeah that that's what it is that's what it is okay so changing gears one thousand percent okay okay wait so, we're, we're off the east side we're yeah we're all yeah now 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 we're back to <clears throat> underground weightlifting oh okay that was the obvious tangent from gossip girl yeah okay so not i mean sort of not really but kind of um so the the gym that we go to is a very small gym uh our friend gabriel runs it and it is quite literally underground yeah it's in Um, a basement it's it's in a basement and they're you know it's a it's like 
not a big basement it is a big basement i mean yeah there's all the equipment and everything down there but it's um you work like very directly with gabriel so it's it's like you know me and you and him uh that are down there at any like for our sessions and stuff um but uh one of the things about weightlifting because i have now been doing it for probably like five years Mm -hmm. maybe but at absolutely no point in time have i ever really been able to like establish a goal within weightlifting oh really and then like do the goal then do the goal yeah like the probably the biggest thing that i would say is that at no point in time in my weightlifting career have i ever lifted more weight than i expected myself to ever be able to lift oh okay so like i've i don't think i've ever been surprised that i've done anything with weights ever um it's it's all been at least within keeping which is also to say that like nothing i've done has been that remarkable on the whole you know there's mm-hmm. that but you know we stuck with it for a long period of time we've been doing it for a long period of time but so i the other night i was talking to alice and this is this is like a very twofold goofy topic but one thing i've wanted to do for a very long period of time is get a tattoo and i don't i don't know of what or like where to start or even the like slimmest idea of what it would be I've just aspired to do it. You just, just there. Yeah. And so I was trying to be like, okay, like what would be a good way I could connect like my workout goals with getting a tattoo? Oh, like, okay. why do these two things have to be connected? I don't know. Okay. Uh, physique purposes, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, probably because anytime I'm doing one thing, I need to be doing two things uh-huh. is, is really the answer to the I'm question. I'm starting to see why you haven't hit any of your goals. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. But so the the Alice uh, like it's a bridal shop, so she has like these tape measurer things. Yeah. And so one of the things I was looking at was I was like, okay, like if I was gonna get like a like a like a half sleeve tattoo, you know, like oh, like you know, like a big one. Going, yeah, yeah. Like if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. So and it's like it's like one of those things where it's like if, if you're gonna do that, I was like, okay, but like maybe I like I want to make my arms a certain size. So I was like, Allie, can you like measure my arm? And so we're like, okay, okay, that makes sense. We're like writing all the notes down and everything. Measure your arm like from like wrist to shoulder or from like... Like around my bicep. Like around your bicep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It was, I would say, probably one of the top three most vain moments of my entire life. Because you had so many veins bulging out. Hey! Oh! It's a quarter joke for the day, people. That was good. <laughs> Thank that you. was good. That was, very, that was man, I'm very impressed. Um, but yeah, so like I'm like, you know, standing in my kitchen and Alice is like literally laughing at me while she's like taking measurements and writing them down mm-hmm. and we're doing the whole thing. And so I was like, okay, like how big should my arms be? Like there must be a metric for this. Like there must be something that people are like going for. Right. And so the, the answer we found is that like the, I think for, and this is not for like all people. Like, I don't think that this is, this should be like your standard as to what I'm is so good. curious. Is, <laughs> what is the should the, 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 like the goal that people are going for is your, what people, what, uh, I don't know them, them, those people. They. Okay. Of course. Yeah. So anyway, the, the measurement is if you get the, the diameter of your wrist mm-hmm. and then it, your bicep size to be aesthetically pleasing i guess i feel this feel i'm feeling really like man so i'm i think i'm sweating jazzy j people jazzy j okay, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm digging my own grave here okay then you would take that number and and it would be your bicep diameter would be 225 percent of 
your wrist of your wrist diameter. Okay. So currently my bicep is 13.25 inches. Wow. Flex yeah. much. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> um, that, and that is flexed. Um, the, according to this metric, I would need to get to 17 inches. Of, Se- oh my gosh. So like, that is, like, that is such a bigger arm. It is such a bigger arm. It, it is, is such so a bigger much, arm. It is so much bigger that I'm like, Hmm. I'm not close. I'm not close. <laughs> but I what would it take to get? Mm. That's four inches of diameter. Of diameter, which that is, is massive. Have you told Gabriel this? Not yet. Not yet. I don't want him to laugh at me. Okay. <laughs> which he might do. <laughs> Seven. I can't even like like. I mean, that's just. It seems like a lot of extra. Uh, I mean, of course, it's you know growing in every direction. It's not just like four. It's not you know. Right, 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 yeah. But so here's the thing, and I did this once upon a time, and so this is. I mean, I'm probably just. I, don't, I need to stop doing this. But once upon a time, early in SCB, I remember I was like, we will never, we will never get to one million subscribers. Like that will not happen. I do not expect it. That like, again, this is like the shooting for the moon. And I was like, if we do, I'll get a tattoo of grizzly eagle shark. Cause it's always tattoos. Yeah. Uh, cause someone <laughs> had also sent us a really spectacular drawing, very detailed of a grizzly <clears throat> eagle shark, which was like the mascot of the show at the time. Anyway. Uh, so the, again, last night I was like, okay, if I can somehow reach the unattainable goal of a 17 inch bicep, then I can get my tattoo. And so once again, I'm like, I'm like, okay, this will work. This will work. I have data. I yeah. have information. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that I, I'm, I'm a goal-oriented person. Okay. As long as the goal involves accomplishing many goals at the same time. Right. So, and a tattoo at the end. And a tattoo at the end. It's yeah. always the finish line. Yeah. It's always. I mean, Even though you didn't get the tattoo. I didn't get the tattoo. Yeah. So, but maybe I will this time. Maybe <laughs> this time will be different. Do you think, or or maybe not? I mean, I'm curious to see what your arm. I don't think your arms would fit in the shirt you're wearing if they were four inches wider in diameter. Yeah, I don't think they would either. Yeah, but how cool would that be? That if you had to like get new shirts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd be like, I'd be like, well, you know, it's like I, I out, I out muscled them. Yeah, out muscled them. Out muscled them. I can't yeah. fit my arms through the through the arm tubes anymore. <laughs> arm tubes. The <laughs> sleeves. Sleeves. Yeah, sleeves. There you go. Anyway, so goals, Jay. Some goals. So 17-inch <laughs> biceps yes. for you. Yes, That's and yours your is goal. to become a professional Pokemon trading card game player. I, I feel like I want to measure what my what my arms are now. Would, would you be astounded if they were already 17? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be astounded. <laughs> be astounded. I'd be astounded. But I, I mean, maybe not though. I doubt maybe. it. Yeah. You're, you're, you have more of a tight end build than I do. It, I'm more of a kicker it, <laughs> speaking in football terms. It occurs to me that this could be a moving target because as you potentially increase the, the mass of muscle on your bicep, it seems like you could also build it on your forearm, thus increasing the size of your wrist. That's a good point that I thought about. <laughs> like you might start out aiming for 17, but by the time you're there, you're like, well, well, butts. Now I'm actually aiming for 19 because my wrist got thicker. Okay. How about this for the quest? Okay. How about we make it a competition to see who can accomplish their goal first? You becoming a professional trading card game player and me reaching a 17 inch bicep. What counts as becoming a professional trading card game player that I win any amount of cash? No, I feel like it has to be like it needs to be whatever the um I I would imagine it being like the 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 like precipice of the sport. So like if 
if you go and compete in like a district and then a region and then like uh like a like a division you know and it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger yeah like i think whatever all of those are going to whatever nationals is worlds 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 okay and how many people compete at worlds i don't know do you think that would be like a comparable task to my 17 inch bicep it feels harder it feels harder (laughs) yes interesting okay because so like conceivably in my mind it would be like top 100 people in the game is worlds well world you gotta like it's i know that worlds in particular is especially difficult for um because of course you have to go from i think uh regional to national to worlds okay i think is how it would go and so the issue ends up being that because that the north america um national is really has a humongous pool of players okay whereas like maybe like the australian national has a much smaller pool i see so it's hard it's really hard to qualify out of america that makes sense that makes sense okay okay and we can't move countries i don't think so confirmed okay that's okay here's Um, the thing i mean the uh, the flip side of that is of course that because you have more players the level of competition is higher so it's less likely it's more likely than that like an american player will win outright because they're playing against higher caliber players all the time. That makes sense. Yeah, However, okay. Okay. Henry okay. Brandt is the longest reigning Pokemon World champion because of COVID. He's gotten to hold his title longer than anyone else because they haven't been able to have another world. And, and he's from Australia. So that's amazing. That's <laughs> so amazing. Good on you, Henry. Good. That's that's so <clears> cool. Yeah. yeah. Shout out if you're if you're tuning in at the moment. Um, okay, I'm gonna go with some version of being p- paid to play pokemon cards Hmm. in like a very competitive sense okay maybe maybe like a like a trophy or oh do okay of some kind like and i i feel like it's got to be like i think it has to be bigger than competing in like a roanoke level okay like if that like we had to travel to compete we had to travel to compete yeah we're we're in like you know las vegas for like a major tournament could it be televised do uh, are they ever certainly they will be like i doubt televised but certainly um streamed I'm streamed sure. okay yeah. okay that happens stuff like that happens okay okay i feel like we're in i like this okay and then you'll get a tattoo of a pokeball i if i won like a national tournament in pokemon cards for sure i would uh, sure i'll get <gasps> a i'll get a pokemon tattoo y'all he- heard it here <laughs> first goodness gravy i've never been so excited <clears throat> in my entire life and i'm gonna help you along your way because all right because it, it will be worth it it'll be worth it and then and i then feel like we have enough friends interested that we could have like a dedicated like team if you will <gasps> to like prep together and like get each other better yeah you know i definitely think this I is think the case it can happen okay we could have jerseys we'll we're we gonna have, have to teams something do you, do you think we can make the jerseys available to everybody so I they, don't can, see why they not. can join the team yeah okay sure. okay okay i'm liking every ounce of this but in the meantime if you would like to be a part of a different team we have some really cool um, exclusive merch things that are coming to the quarterly merch tier over on Patreon. Yes. Uh, and right now we are in a, a very interesting sliver of a window uh, where opportunity is great uh, because because for, for the second quarter of this year, we had made the Popcorn Culture One True Host Trophy into a plush. Uh, those have officially been created. They have been shipped to our distribution warehouse and they should be shipped out here shortly. You but should be getting them. Yes. So you might even already have them. 
possible. But this also means that we were very late on announcing what the Q3 item was going to be because we really wanted that to be resolved and finished before we before we stepped into the next one. So that being said, I'm going to get it correct this week because last week we called it a lithograph. It is in fact a lithograph uh, hoodie of the entire episode of The Element of Surprise uh, is going to be printed all over a hoodie. And then the negative space of all of those words will say the words pop pop. It's going to look awesome. It's going to look incredibly cool. It's really going to be cool. on a very high quality hoodie. So it will be, it will be soft and cozy and comfy and warm and perfect for the, uh, you know, fall and cold months that, right. that are ahead. Also, because we are now officially inside of the fourth quarter of the year, we have been able to announce what the Q4 merch item is going to be, which is a pressed vinyl record with an exclusive episode of popcorn culture on it and it will be the only way that you can access that episode there will not be a digital form yeah of this episode i'm excited about that bonus points <clears throat> the record glows in the dark it's gonna glow in the dark yeah glow in the dark vinyl recording of popcorn culture available only on vinyl yeah so if you would like to check those things out you can do so at <coughs> patreon.com slash popcorn culture otherwise if you have any feedback about the show and you want to send it in you can do so to popcorn culture pod at gmail.com we're also over on twitter and reddit if you just want to get a part of the bigger conversation with other little kernels out there in the world um all that said until next time pop pop, pop.